yet you still can't do it. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, I messed it up already. <laughs> I think you should leave that in. I hate being in charge. Okay, hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Red Army podcast. We still don't know how, how to do this, I guess. Um, we also don't know any Bayon players' names, but we do know that Glasgow once again got their arses handed to them, this time in Cork on Friday night. Uh, I'm joined by a guest today. He's a very good friend of mine and someone you might know from, you might know him from the brilliant Scottish Rugby podcast, or maybe from having so much fun winding up people from South Dublin during the World Cup that they kind of accidentally turned themselves into a Munster supporter. Um, So I'd like to give a warm round of booing to Johnny McGinty. Hello, nice to see you. I should say I always had a bit of a soft spot for Munster, but I really, I really dialed that up when I realised how much it was annoying all the Leinster fans. It was really fun watching you live long enough to become the villain in real time during that World Cup where you would just message me and be like, I, I got a really good one about John Clayne this week. And I was like, this is really fun. This is just great. It was just so much fun. It is. Like, that's the thing. And I, I wanted Ireland to win the World Cup. Like, I was there. I was supporting them. But at the same time, it, it's never not going to be funny when those people are upset. Just a fact. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have the sort of a bit of the Heineken Cup to, to preview later. And, I mean, Leinster playing La Rochelle this weekend. What's more fun than that? That that will be good. That, do you know what? That was my, one of my favourite World Cup ones was uh, I started talking about how Ireland were basically Leinster uh, with the hope that, that somebody would jump on and go, yeah, that means Scotland got beat by a club team. And a Leinster fan did do that. And I got to say, not just any club team, the second best club team in Europe. And they did not like that at all. Oh, it's just excellent. Look, you don't get stars for winning World Cups. <laughs> um, obviously, like the sort of main talking point, I suppose, that we'll have is is Munster's drubbing, I guess, of Glasgow on Friday night in Cork. Um the, the scoreline might not say that, but it, it in you know, in practice, that's really what it was. But I kind of want to talk about last season a little bit first, if you will indulge me, because um, Glasgow, I think, had like a pretty good regular season last season. Like they finished in the top four. Things were sort of going well. From your point of view, as somebody who obviously is a Glasgow supporter, what how did you feel about like kind of, I suppose, their chances going into the knockouts? Like they drew Munster in that quarterfinal. Munster had had this sort of up and down season at that point and had just lost to Glasgow really heavily in Thoman Park a few weeks earlier. Like, what was the sort of, I guess, the sort of feeling from a Glasgow point of view going into that quarterfinal? Yeah, I mean, if you do want to talk about a drubbing, the, the, the Thoman Park game was a drubbing. And oh, like, it was awful. It was so horrific. Don't get me wrong, like, last Friday night was bad, but that was a bad one as well. Um, so I think... That kind of that buoyed a lot of Glasgow fans. I've followed Glasgow and Munster for long enough to to have not been entirely sold on it. Um, mm. I figured that was going to be the best quarterfinal. I thought it could probably go either way. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if Glasgow had won. I would have been delighted. I also wasn't massively surprised that Munster won either. Mm. Um, I think that's just kind of we <laughs> Glasgow aren't far enough on their track yet to be a favourite at any knockout game, I don't think. If you if you get Munster in a knockout game, it doesn't matter how badly we beat them three weeks before or the fact that we're at home or the fact that we were a 
a, a top four seed or whatever. Like Munster are a pedigree knockout team when it gets to the the business end of competitions, and Glasgow, as much as I love them, are not aren't. quite yet. Yeah, let I'm going to go with they're not quite yet. Not just they aren't. <laughs> they're they're getting there. If if anybody sort of wants to um, get an idea, I suppose. Of- Johnny's experience watching that game. You oh, just are we going to talk to watch, about this again? Are we? You just have to watch any Access Monster video that sort of has any reference to the Glasgow game because they use the same, they use the same clip every single time, and it's like one of the the back angles of I think it was Malachi Fekatoa scoring his try, yeah, and it was. myself and the lads just stand up like banging the hoarding, cheering in the stadium, and you just see Johnny and his wife with their heads in their hands next to us. <laughs> Which is just that was it was just a really fun evening of being sat right in the front row of the East Stand with you and your Monster Traveling Support pals and just having a flat out terrible time. I mean, it's like it's like a Renaissance painting, just us, it is like, a bit, yeah. it's screaming and you just with like this look of anguish on your face. Look, I don't know about you. I had a, I had a great day. Like I'm still thinking about that that pizza. It's been fucking six months. I love that. It wasn't. Pizza. It was a good pizza. Yeah. It, it was. A, it was an all round good day. And you know, it wasn't a. It wasn't a terrible game. And like I say, like it's not like I was thinking we're going to smash them here, and it's just going to be a foregone conclusion. I kind of thought we would probably lose, and it could have gone either way. And it was still fun, I suppose. I, I think coming into this game, like obviously. I'm always going to give it the big one with you and be like, you know, Munster going to win by a thousand points and Glasgow are shit. And, but like Glasgow, obviously we're top of the table this time last week. And, yeah. you know, coming to, like coming to Munster is not necessarily that scary for them because the last time they came to Munster, you know, they, they won quite comprehensively. And we spoke last week about not really knowing whether or not Glasgow would rotate or not with the Heineken Cup coming up this week. And we kind of knew that Munster were going to go a bit, a bit more full strength because they had rotated out against Leinster and Glasgow I think it's safe to say kind of did rotate a little bit yeah I was quite annoyed with that actually to be honest because I mean I and I get that there is a Champions Cup game this weekend and we've got Northampton coming up to Scotsdale and, and whatever but I for me the the URC is is where Glasgow are really developing where We've been a fairly serious team of the URC for a couple of years now, and if we want to keep doing that, we should be targeting games like Munster, where we, where we would say that's where we that's where we go full strength. We put our, our first fifteen or our first twenty three, and we try and win those games, and we try and and build on what we've done in the URC the last couple of years. So, uh, starting Duncan Weir is not that. Uh, putting I Tom didn't Jordan know, on the wing, not that. I I didn't know that he played for for Glasgow. I'm going to be honest. Or if I did, I I felt I feel like I thought he had retired. I don't. I didn't expect like Dun- Duncan Weir was not a name I was expecting <laughs> to see in in the match day 23 for this game. And I'll be honest. It's terrifying lack of Nick. Oh, <laughs> like and the thing is, like I I always feel bad when I talk about Duncan Weir because I talk about uh, current. Glasgow, Duncan Weir, uh, and it's hard to say nice things about him, but for like the last 10 or 12 years for both Glasgow and Edinburgh and Scotland, 
uh, when there's a really shitty job that needs done and nobody else wants to do it and it's like desperation stations, Duncan Weir will do it without complaining. And and I feel bad for the fact that he's still doing it and I'm saying he's doing it really shit now because <laughs> there's been times when we'd have been absolutely stuck without him. So I should probably be nicer about him. He might he might be stinking now, but he's he's uh, been very worthwhile for all of the Scotland teams for a long time. So he had one really nice kick in this game. I think it might have been a fifty twenty two, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe he was in Monster was. I was like, that's that's a really. I was like, yeah, they're going to score more tryouts now, <laughs> which sort of became the story of the game. I mean, I don't like. I think if you'd have asked any Monster supporter beforehand, you know, would you take a bonus point win? Because in Cork, like weird shit happens when they play games in Musgrave Park, right? And I'm very staunch in my stance of not doing the Cork Limerick politics thing because it's not my place. But when they play those games in Musgrave Park, weird shit happens. Like it's usually against teams like the Cardiff Blues and Cardiff win. And it's just very strange. I don't understand it. But like this game sort of ended up being one of those weird games where like Glasgow got a bonus point Munster got a bonus point win and I don't think I was expecting you know what was it 10 tries in a game between Munster and Glasgow like that's not they're not really two teams you would see playing each other and think it was going to be a game like that I guess yeah and I don't know what it's there's something about this game I feel like uh, both teams could have probably taken this game a bit more seriously. And I guess the fact that it's like an early season game and it was the week before a Champions Cup and all that plays into it. But I feel like Munster should have had that game in Toman Park and I feel like Glasgow should have had a full squad for that game. Because there was a bit of me that was a, that was like, I was quite underwhelmed in the week up to it. And normally I love the week of a Munster game. Whereas mm. this week I was like, it's it's in that weird stadium Duncan Weir's playing. There's lots of things that I don't think are right about this. And yeah, it was just all around a bit odd. Yeah, it's something that we said last week, actually, is that that is a Thoman Park fixture. And like, it's great that Cork gets a big fixture like that because normally they do end up with like the Dragons and Zebra. And like, that's not meant to be a slight on, you know, Dragons beat Monster last season. It's not meant to be like a slight on Dragons or Zebra, but like Cork do end up with those smaller games a lot of the time. And it was, it felt like that wasn't an accident that they put, such like because that is sort of one of Munster's biggest fixtures. It's one of the th- the games that you look at in the calendar and sort of go, yeah, like it's a Glasgow game this weekend. Although this one, I thought like kind of little to no spice, like very much lemon and herb Munster versus Glasgow game. There was kind of nothing going on there. There was no fight. Yeah, anything. hardly any fighting. And like Xander played for a long time. As far Nobody as I can like remember. kicked anyone or you know nah. anything like that. It was very. This strange. is what happens when. There's no Ryan Wilson and no Pete, you see. <laughs> and we we have been trying so hard to get the, the two of us and the two of them together for a podcast. And we're going to have to wait till next year's Monster Glasgow now, probably. Yeah, it's a real pipe dream for us to sit down with yeah. Ryan Wilson and Pete Romani just, and just sort of just see what like, happens. Just excellent shithousing all around. Does he still play? Wilson, Is he retired? No. Uh, he never officially retired. But he's doing loads of telly now, and he was mm. he was training with Glasgow for a TV bit the other week. So I don't know whether he's like still training in the hope that he'll get a contract, or whether he's just decided that if he's not playing for Glasgow, he'd rather just be on TV. I'm not sure. Fair enough. He um 
I don't know if I ever told you, I probably did. During that Thoman Park game last season, he uh, he was, I think he was water boy or like he, he wasn't playing, but he was there. And um, the support was on the other side of the, the East Terrace. Like I was on the Munster side and the Munster supporters on the other side of the tunnel um, kept making like baby crying noises at him for the whole game because he was wearing a bib. And like, to be honest, I just thought that was excellent. I'm sure you probably fucking loved it as well, but I thought it was excellent. Yeah, and like that's the thing about Batman. He loves shit like that. Like he he is one of the few players who regularly gets into more trouble when he's not playing than when he is. And like in in a fun way, not in like a Johnny Sexton in his daps swearing at the referee in front of his kids <laughs> kids' way. In like an enjoyable winded up fans or winded up subs on the other team or whatever kind of way. Speaking of Johnny Sexton and his daps, so you might have missed a lot of the uh, the post Johnny Sexton retirement stuff that's been going on. I say over here, like because I'm in Leinster at the moment, but like in Dublin specifically. So they sort of honoured him before Leinster Munster the other week, um, but oh, they didn't show that. they didn't show any of it on TV. But they had Mike McCarthy and Leo the Lion doing a Viking clap, and then they brought Johnny Sexton out to sort of do a half lap of the pitch. Um, and I wasn't there, and but friends that were there sort of reassure me that it, it it was as sort of heinously cringe as it sounds it and sounds horrendous I'm not surprised they didn't show it on TV but I kind of enjoy the fact that they were doing all of that in the stadium that Lion was doing like fucking forward rolls and stuff and the TV were just like so Bernard Jackman who do you think is going to win this game <laughs> yeah that's excellent I love that it's like already it's like alright fine he's retired <laughs> look we've been waiting for this for a long time we're not making a big deal of it get out of the way <laughs> Not like Brian O'Driscoll, where he had like sixty-four retirement games. <laughs> but um, I got like speaking of, I suppose we should, should should speak about Monster Glasgow. Am I right in saying like you did you watch the first half of this game? No. Uh, no, I missed the first half, and and I when I checked the score, I wasn't all that sad about it. I uh, was at my son's cricket team's Christmas party on Friday night, so I missed the first half. And I won't uh, ask what what political party you support, but anyway. <laughs> Listen, here, here's the here's the angle of why I love cricket, right? His cricket club is a three-minute walk from my house and their training is half past six till eight on a Friday night and the bar's open. That right? is pretty good, actually. It's the only, the only sport I encourage him to play more than rugby is cricket because I can literally walk three minutes and sit and have a couple of beers while he's doing his training and then walk back again. It's brilliant. Well, while you were sort of getting leathered while you were supposed to be looking after your child. Munster scored three <laughs> tries in, in 15 minutes in this game. Started off with Edmund Adogbo and then um, Tom O'Hearn scored his first try, which I don't know if you saw. He th- he got taken out in the air um, and then still scored because, he, I mean, he is frankly a fucking freak. Like, there is kind yeah. of no other way to describe him, really. Him and Adogbo are both ridiculous. Like, And, and Edmund he, Adogbo is 20. Like, he's not 21 yet. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Bordered on fear, I would say. And like he signed up until he's still in the academy at the minute, but he signed up until twenty twenty six, and it's not fucking surprising when you sort of see him the way he performs, just sort of ev- everything. Like it's not surprising that they gave him this sort of mega contract while he was still in fucking nappies. I don't know, like that he came out of the womb and they handed him that contract. But <laughs> yeah, like Tom Ahern scored that right. Which which look was it a double movement? Yeah, probably, but. You know, it was very, it was very impressive. So that was fine. And then Jimmy Barron rounded off that that fifteen minutes. Munster had the bonus point by halftime. Tom O'Hearn scored again, um, because he is a fucking freak. 
and you know things were going well things were going really well um and then Glasgow sort of started doing I guess what Glasgow do and went what if we just threw to the front of the line out and see what happens do you yeah, think um, that Glasgow have any attacking game that is not a rolling ball yes or no yeah and uh, and I think it's sort of it's a testament to how good this game was and how good these two teams are is that I've watched Glasgow a lot this year and and Glasgow are not the one trick pony that we saw on Friday night like if Glasgow get the backs moving and the quick offloads and the quick rucks going, like the the work that Pete Horn did to get Glasgow's breakdown speed up, he's now gone to do full time with Scotland and it, it basically transformed Glasgow the second half of last season, where they can run really quick strike plays, their handling's brilliant, their offloading's brilliant. Uh, and on Friday we just saw absolutely none of that. Um because yeah. Munster just neutralized it so effectively. So this is something that I kind of thought because I have watched a few Glasgow games this season. I watched their opening game against Leinster. Hugely enjoyed that one. Um, <laughs> you won't catch me cheering for Glasgow often, but I enjoyed that game. And, you know, Glasgow are one of those teams, and I, I said it last week as well, like they are more than capable of scoring tries. Like they are not a sort of blunt attacking team. Like they are, a, they have a really, really good attack. And, I don't think it's a coincidence now that Munster have sort of rendered Glasgow, the Stormers and Leinster to a point where they can't score. I mean, Stormers didn't score any tries, but like Leinster and Glasgow could only score off malls. Um, and I know that ultimately they didn't win that Leinster game, but, you know, with, with this Glasgow game, like arguably they deserved one try but they they definitely didn't deserve four. And I think that it, you know, as much as it speaks to how just shocking Munster's mall defences. I think it speaks to how good their defence is everywhere else in that yeah. a team like Glasgow, especially. Like Leinster, Leinster's attack has been a bit blunter recently, like in general. Um, even though they are still obviously more than capable of scoring tries. We saw that when they played those well whichever Welsh regions they played the last few weeks. Like they can score tries too, but Glasgow are a team who can score tries who are also playing well, like they were top of the league. So I, I don't think it's it's an accident that, you know, they come up against Munster and suddenly all they can do is score off a line out. Did your man score one? Yeah. Um Mr. Triumph. Of course he did. Of course he did, he did. didn't he? Yeah. The top try scorer in the league. Yes. He is the top I, I saw that I was gonna send it to you and be like you can talk about this if you want. <laughs> but you know, I don't think it should really count if it's a if it's a try off the back of a mall, personally. Of course but it like Oh, no, it was Ulster last week where he uh, broke away down the wing for like 40 metres and scored like a proper winger's try. See, he's that not, he's not just Not just the back, of the back of the ball. No, I think um, on Friday night, I reckon it's it's a bit of a weird one. If I was Munster, I'd be really pleased with how well we neutralised pretty much every aspect of a really good attacking team, but I'd be worried about how horrendous our mall defence was. Mm-hmm. If I was Glasgow... I'd be uh, pleased that our attack was totally ruined and we still found a way to score four tries, but I'd also be worried about how easily our attack was totally ruined. So it was an interesting one where there was elements of both teams that went really, really well and maybe not how you would have expected, but then also elements that are like, we need to fix that immediately. Yeah, I agree. Like I think it was a really good monster performance, but it felt so sort of like, deflating afterwards especially when they scored the fourth try I was like yeah that is kind of fucking awful like that is unforgivable to get to let this performance be 
a bonus point performance and it looked like they were going to score at the very end and end up with two bonus points. Like it was, it wasn't great from that regard, but Munster did play really, really well. And like their sort of things are starting to go right again, like they did last season, but obviously mall defense is not one of those things, but other <laughs> things are starting to go well. And like Graham Rowntree came out afterwards and he was like, look, you know, that's not good enough. And if we don't fix that fast, we're going to be de- defending malls all fucking season. Like he, he didn't, he doesn't shy away from saying stuff like that. And yeah, it was a really, it was, it was such a weird game in general, I felt. Yeah. I thought his, his uh, post-match press conference, I thought was really good. Actually, I was quite impressed mm-hmm. with him. I didn't see Franco's, but I don't think I would have liked to, um, because he, <laughs> he tends to be quite frank, like, like Roundtree. And he had a lot more to be frank about on Friday night. So. It's yeah, I really the like that they kept him quiet. I really like the way Wig speaks, like in general, like he spoke about um, you know, the sort of the shift in dynamic between Munster and Leinster. And I like that we have a coach now who will say those things, whether it's good or bad, like he will sort of stand up for his team, but at the same time, he doesn't sort of speak around things when they don't go well either. He was like, Yeah, look, th- that mall defense was bad. Like B A D bad, you know, Andy Kiriaki sorted out basically, like you know, and I, I really I really like that. I think um I think it's I think it speaks to like the sort of the culture of the club, not sounds so wanky, but it's like, you know, the kind of thing that won Munster the URC that sort of got them there with this coaching group is the same thing that, you know, they're held accountable when it's something like that level of mall because it was really bad. It wasn't just and Glasgow are a very good mauling team. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just poor defense. It was kind of a combination of both. But that doesn't fully negate the fact that the defence was really, really bad. Yeah, uh, it was pretty shocking. <laughs> and, <laughs> was I mean, to be fair, so like bad. like you say, Glasgow are a good attacking balling team. Like the reason, the reason that I know I joke about it, but the reason that Johnny Matthews scores so many tries is that our mall is really good. Mm. Um, but like Monster are the champions, so so you would think that they would be able to do everything. And, yeah, and, and like. like be okay at it that's okay but don't be that bad at it yeah it was it was interesting and um you know Munster's line out used to be such a strength and it hasn't been this season um yeah it was a bit yikes to be honest like Munster really had nothing to worry about from the point of view of like that game shouldn't have been anywhere near as close as it looks on paper um you know 40 points to 29 doesn't reflect that game at all. It basically only reflects Monsters Mall defence. Like their attacking game was stellar. Things are starting to come together again. Sort of you can see it game by game, them getting better. You know, Alex Nankabel scored his first monster try. Again, was he in front of the kicker? I think he was. Doesn't matter. Don't give a fuck. Like he scored. It was excellent. John Hodnett scored a lovely try. Um Munster are scoring these sort of try of the season level tries every week now. And they're not like flash in the pan tries like that's just what kind of monster are like now but at the same time they will lose games this season if that mall defense doesn't improve and that's I guess a concern yeah. still at this point yeah the other thing that you'd, you'd want to think about uh the way that that mall defense is going and I'm going to caveat this before I start it by saying uh this didn't change the outcome of the game because Glasgow were losing that game whichever way you slice it but that was a showcase of URC refereeing on Friday night for for both teams as well. Like there was some there were some absolute head scratchers on both sides. Uh, it, was, it was yeah yeah like 
interesting scrum, I thought. But anyway, yeah. Ali Yeager yeah. made his made his monster debut. I, I liked that you, you um Yeah, Victorian you, strongman looking fucker. You described him as an old an oldie time strongman. I really enjoyed that. I said that to my dad <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, that's so true, actually. That his <laughs> um yeah, I it's it was just a weird game. But I think like overall, you know, obviously we have um Heineken Cup this weekend, so the URC is sort of paused briefly. We have that that opening seven game block is is over. I mean, you must be pretty happy with Glasgow's opening seven as a whole. Like they're sitting in second place. Um, you know, they beat Leinster. They got a bonus point away against Munster. Like for in general, as an open seven, like that must be pretty good from a Glasgow point of view. Yeah, no, great, and it's the the fact not only that Glasgow have done really well, but the fact that they seem to be picking up where they left off at the end of last season and and kind of develop it a little bit uh, because. Like last last season, we said this way back at the very start. Like Glasgow seemed like a start of the playoffs, URC playoffs caliber of team, mm-hmm. and now they've developed a little bit further. Uh, they've got some things like Munster do to tighten it up, probably over the next couple of months. But I reckon they're probably a second half of the playoffs team this season, and it'll all come down to who where we finish and who we get where we're going and things because. We're the only team to beat Benetton so far. We are one of a couple of teams to beat the Stormers, the only team to beat Leinster. And obviously it wasn't actually Leinster, but like the but still, Glasgow, yeah, Glasgow have played serious games against serious teams and and Munster were the best team that, that Glasgow have played so far and mm. and got found out, I think, fairly comprehensively, but not with anything they can't fix given enough time. So yeah, yeah another no. half of a season, I think it'll be it'll be cooking yeah I think that's fair and like Munster are in fourth at the moment but like that that middle I mean Leinster Leinster are undeservedly I'll say top of the table um 29 points like and then it goes obviously Glasgow then in in at, with 26 but like from them down to sort of fucking hell just looking at this table even down to you know there's 10 points between Glasgow and Ospreys in 11th but from sort of ninth up you know it's one win basically um, yeah. you know, Munster are in fourth at the moment, but like they, you know, they were in, I think, I think they were like 12th this time last season. So, <laughs> you know, I think that is obviously markedly improved, but like so much, the URC, I feel like it's been silly this season already. And so much is going to change, you know, after Christmas and, and as the season goes, goes and goes and goes, because the season is so long. I think the URC final is the last week of June. Um, yeah. You know, so I think it's going to be a really interesting season and I was really happy to sort of have Glasgow out of the way because I feel like that you know they're a team that you don't want to play sort of I guess evidenced by last season they're not a team you want to play when they've cooked up a bit of momentum and they're sort of yeah. on a confidence high so I was happy enough to to get that one out of the way. I think the big problem that's coming up for both of us is the idea of going to South Africa in the second block. Because mm-hmm. I'd have quite liked to have gone when Scarlets went. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like Scarlets got decked by fifty points by by two B teams, which I think Glasgow or Munster would have handled fairly easily. Uh, and now we've got to go when all the Springboks are back and the stadiums are starting to fill up, and it's it's going to be a totally different trip for, yeah. for both Glasgow and Munster than it was for the teams that went this first half. I think like, I mean, Munster did their trip to South Africa right at the tail end of the season last season and that went fine for them. But, you know, 
playing at altitude is obviously a different story. I don't think the Bulls have ever lost a home URC game against a non-South African team. Um, so, you know, going there is obviously very difficult. Like, I th- I think it kind of suits Munster a bit more in a way because I think we've discovered now that Stephen Arthur is a warm weather player. Like, he can't do this whole, like, November shit, but as soon as it gets to, you know, 35 degrees, he's absolutely bang on. So I think that that will sort of come good for Munster, but, but it is... The the URC is just such, such an interesting dynamic like of a league, and I think having there's just so much up in the air. Like you can never look at at, at a URC, and it used to be that you know, well, Leinster will top it, and then the rest of it is really interesting. But that's not even sort of no. true anymore. So, like URC best league is a meme, but not a joke. Like it genuinely yeah. is by quite a long way the best league. I think so. Um. But we do have to pause, I suppose, on the URC this weekend because whatever they're calling the Heineken Cup now is starting again. Look, I I don't know how the format works because Munster and Glasgow are playing both of the same teams, but they're not playing each other. Um, I I don't get it. But anyway, I've, like they, I've said before, and I'll say again, I like the format. I think, like, I I think the way that they choose the qualifiers and the fact that basically everyone who's in the Heineken Cup gets to a knockout game is annoying and stupid. But the way they do the original format where you play the teams that aren't in your home league, I like that. That's a nice idea. Yeah, I do like that. I I don't want two more games against Munster. I'm happy for French and English games. Yeah, I wish they would do that in in the Challenge Cup as well. I I don't really actually care about the Challenge Cup, but like in theory, I wish they would do that with the Challenge Cup because they they don't do that. So you do end up with like, repeat domestic games I do like that that you end up you play a French and an English team you don't play like it means that you know we can't draw Leinster and you know we can't draw like the Stormers or whatever and you don't have to you know you won't have to travel to South Africa on a whim to play a European game so I do like that side of it but at the same time Bayonne aren't a European like they're not uh, yeah see there's there's also like the one thing that you cannot legislate for in any competition is France and like the top 14, anything could happen at any time. And and so, like, was it was it last season that Toulouse finished, like, 10th in the champion, in the top 14? And so they ended up being, they were, they were a returning finalist from the Champions Cup, but they were, a, they were a fourth seed in their pool because they just, like, they'd been so busy with the Champions Cup that they ended up 10th in the top 14. Like, French teams have it in their head to to care about one competition and the good ones care about the Champions Cup so they end up at the bottom of the the top 14 and then they end up being a low seed and then like hilariously you get Leinster against Toulouse and La Rochelle in the, in the like pool stages and stuff it's brilliant it is pretty funny um I mean I suppose ahead of this game like it wouldn't be Munster if there if there wasn't a, a sort of an injury update I suppose um largely positive this time which is very unusual uh pat campbell and simon zebo back in training might play this weekend it's nice to have a back three player for once um simon zebo not really a rugby player like kind of just pretending but you know he, he would be a body on the pitch which is sort of more than monster can do sometimes jack who also back in training which i don't know if you saw that injury that he got at the end of the the stormers game but it looked Manky, it looked like potentially career ending, and that was two years, two weeks ago, and he's fine. Um, oh. Pedro Mane also is not available this week, but might be available next week. Which again, his shoulder looked very much like kind of down by his waist at halftime in that Stormers game, 
and apparently now like he's just fine because I guess that that's Peter O'Mahony but Jean Klein sort of continues the South African World Cup winning second row injury thing by being out out until the new year with unspecified an eye injury sustained against Leinster. Now, I don't mean to cast aspersions, but the fuck, <laughs> the fuck is that all about? Do you think Leinster are taking revenge for the Glasgow game two years ago where John Clean uh, raked Brian Wilson in the eye and got away with it? And, and so I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think that maybe James Ryan was a little bit fucking salty that the guy who was apparently so much worse than him won a World Cup. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, there's a number of possibilities. It, that is a that is a bit of a fucking kicker because Jean Klein is sort of Munster's entire mall defense, and <laughs> he's out until the new year, including, of course, a game against Leinster. Um, which will come up after Christmas. Um, well, there were also new contracts for uh, Paddy Patterson, who, you know, he curses in post-match interviews. You got to sign him up for another two years. <laughs> Jeremy Lockman and uh, Jeremy Barron, who might be Munster captain now. We're not sure yet. We're sort of still figuring that one out, but he is captain at the moment. So good business happening, other than the fact that Jean Payne has had to go see eye specialists, which I don't like at all. But you... Uh... When you go in a wee minute to look at the Bayon team, there's a couple of uh, of names in there you'd want to have a mall defence for, is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I think, well, Connacht, is it Connacht that they're playing Bordeaux this weekend? And they have like something ridiculous like Ben Tamifuna and Carly Sadie on their bench. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God, that is so cruel. You know, six days after that horrific sort of Heartbreaking season altering loss to Leinster. They have oh, to that was such a that. shame. I've never been more sort of fuming watching a game because I was like, just fucking win. Like it is not that yeah. difficult. Yep. I was raging. But anyway, Munster are playing Bayon this weekend, and I don't have a fucking clue who plays for Bayon. So I am going to look them up. Get I do up, know what get I... on their um get on their official website so you can see the, the way that they lay it out. Because then you get do, to see some real surprises as you go through it. I do know a couple of, of players who play for Bayon. Well, I know that Luke Luke Taji plays for them because I do really love Luke Taji and I thought that he had a great World Cup and I was kind of hoping that um, Munster would sign him briefly, but not to be because apparently he plays for Bayon. So who would have ever and you, known? You were right, by the way. Maxine Machinot does still play for them. Maxine Machinot and Cami Lopez because, you know, yep. um, this is a team in 2023, apparently. Uh, and uh, also in their back row, uh, Uzair Kassim. Uzair Kassim, who used to play for the Scarlets, which, look, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to be mean, but you can't sign players from Welsh regions and expect people to respect you. <laughs> like, it's just well, not great. If if you're going to sign players from Welsh regions and expect to be taken seriously as a team, you might as well go all out and also sign... Reese Hodge for your team. <laughs> Hodge. Oh, that's so funny. Manuel lined up. But they also, to be fair, they also have a reserve scrum half called GM Spinning Wheel, who kind of <laughs> sounds like a Native American warrior. But they do have Manuel Lindacker, which, you know, that is that is excellent. But yeah. balance They've out. They've got Bosch as well. So, like, I'd be sorting that ball defense if I was you. And Federico Mori plays for them. Arthur mm-hmm. Iteria, remember him, you know. 
Remember when I told you there were some name? good surprises in this team. I went and looked at this team last night when it turned out that we were going to have oh, to you speak about them. You weren't joking about his name being Spinning Wheel. Yeah, Guillaume Spinning no, Wheel. No, his name is Rue and it also translates to Spinning Wheel when he oh, translates from French to English. That's a bit <laughs> that's sadder. That's really funny. Well, I'm, I'm going to continue to call him Guillaume Spinning Wheel. I'm going to call him Guillaume Spinning Wheel. That's actually really, really funny. Um... Because I didn't, I didn't even just, I didn't even question the fact that his name was Spinning Wheel. Yeah, it like genuinely sounds like a Native American warrior when you say it like that. Reese Hodge, fucking hell. Yeah, that was the one that got me. I was looking through it last night and I was like, I, really, really? Reece Luke Morahan. Luke Morahan. Yeah, that was the <laughs> other one. Oh, this is gonna be super fun. But anyway, apparently none of those players are going to play in this game because. Bayon have already Shocker. decided that they don't give a fuck about, yeah. about uh, this. A second-rate French team away in the Champions Cup not bringing their first 15. I am shocked. To be fair, well, I was going to say, no, they're not doing well. They're 10th in the top in the top 14, so I was going to say maybe they're focusing on that, but also maybe not. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that Munster will probably rotate as well, but like Munster's rotator team is still really good. I still really enjoy it. Um, I'm assuming that they'll do something like maybe start Tony Butler um and give him a like a maybe more experienced sort of back row and center partnership to like let him play a decent amount of a big game because he is a fucking child. Um a very talented child with a lot of potential, but a child who needs to obviously play some games. It's not a Leinster situation where you just get called up to play for Ireland automatically. Like you kind of have to play <laughs> games and prove you're good enough. Um I wasn't gonna go to this game. I was sort of on the fence about it, I was like, it's in Thoman Park, and obviously I love going to Thoman Park, but it's, you know, it's only Bayon, it's a rotated Bayon, it's going to be so cold, like it's a Heineken Cup game, so automatically it's a bit more expensive. And I was just like, kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just watch it at home. And then I got a notification while I was working the other day, I got a notification, um, that from Monster, like Monster's Twitter account, and that was fine, and I clicked on it, and it was like, at halftime in Munster's game this weekend against Bayon, uh, Munster will be honouring the careers of Keith Earls and Andrew Conway and they will both be there. And I was like, yeah, well, see, the thing is, like, I'm, uh... I'm, literally, I'm literally buying a ticket right fucking now. Like, there's, there's just <laughs> no way that, that I will Yeah, I mean, that, that'll make you go to a game, won't it? Yeah, like, that is sort of, you know, if if I'm not turning out for, for Andrew Conway being clapped off the pitch, like, what am I turning out for? Because nobody knew that his last game was going to be his last game. So that's sort of the main draw I guess but like I I mean I I have to ask you who I think is going to win this game but it, what a stupid question yeah I mean we know who's going to win I would hope even, so. like, even if it was full strength beyond I wouldn't back them to win like if Munster lose against a team with Uzer Cassium and Luke Marhan <laughs> in it, I, I don't know what we're doing here I mean, I really, really hope that doesn't happen, but it, it would be funny, though. It would actually be a little bit funny. <laughs> to be honest, though, like, the obviously the main draw of the weekend is, is La Rochelle against Leinster. Um, I sort of have no opinion on Munster playing Bayon, other than obviously I, I enjoy when Munster play and I care about their games because they're playing in them. I've always said, like, if Munster ended up in the Challenge Cup for whatever reason... Um, you know the Kitty Cup that I would still care about it because I care about Munster it's not that I care about who they're playing or what competition they're playing in it's that I care about them 
But they've really fucking tested that with this whole drawing them at home against Bayonne thing. Because <laughs> I really... It doesn't feel like a Heineken Cup weekend because I guess at home against Bayonne doesn't feel like a, a Heineken Cup game. Like our other French team is Toulon and I really do just wish that the, the fixtures had been swapped because, you know, Munster versus Toulon in Thoman Park obviously has quite a bit of Heineken Cup pedigree. You know, that's quite a quite a good Heineken Cup game. Playing Toulon is not fun. I'll, I could tell you that right now. Uh, yeah, not I, for you. I like... And I lived, I lived this exact thing last year because I have long been a not caring about the Challenge Cup person. And then through Glasgow's entire Challenge Cup run last year, I was like, oh, Glasgow are far too good for this competition. <laughs> like, Gla- Glasgow got dragons in the Challenge Cup and slaughtered them even more than they would in the URC and put like 70 points on them. And then like walked through Scarlets and Benetton and I was like, yeah, like, I, I just can't bring myself to be that excited because it's the Challenge Cup. And then all of a sudden, they were in the final of the Challenge Cup against Toulon. And I was like, shit, I, I care about the Challenge Cup now. How has this happened? And, and then, then how, did that, just... how did that turn out? Not well. <laughs> I had a ticket for that game because I was going to give it to you. Remember, I was like, you can have it. I don't want to go. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not. A... It was on a Friday night. Like, I'm not that bothered going up and then coming back down and then going back up for the for the big final. But... Um, I'm kind of happy that I didn't give that to you and you didn't book a trip to Dublin to watch it because I would have felt yeah, really I bad. I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it sitting on my couch. I wouldn't have enjoyed it sitting in the stadium. Even though it wouldn't have been my fault, obviously, I still would have felt really bad because <laughs> I would have been the one giving you the ticket. You but I think, it. I think, um, I mean, obviously, this sort of has to be a, a bonus point win for Munster. Like, there's no real... um. Like there's no real justification for this not being a bonus point win for Munster. I think depending on how strong Munster decide to go, they could, like I say, they could treat it as sort of a, you know, a development chance for the likes of Tony Butler. Um, I think it could be one of those games like, you know, Len- was it last season that Leinster had, whatever season Leinster played, Bath and Montpellier and just sort of absolutely, oh, yeah. you know, did unspeakable things to both was- of them. That was a COVID season, wasn't it? Because did Leicester not get one of their games, the Montpellier away game cancelled? Furious! They oh, did. that was that was so much fun. They did. They lost twenty eight nil to Montpellier. I, yeah, and and Montpellier had like a raging COVID outbreak, but they hadn't said anything. They were like, "No, we're still got players." What are you talking about? We've got loads of players. We've got like here's a team right here, and they like basically forced Leicester to blink first, and Leicester had to withdraw and lost 28 nothing. And Montpellier didn't have a team either. They just like kept quiet about it. Montpellier basically conceded like 100 points in the RDS, but then they won the 28 <laughs> That was the season that um, I think until like fucking February or March or something disgraceful in that season, the top try scorer in the rec was Jimmy O'Brien because he'd scored four tries there against yes. Bath. No Bath player had yeah. that many. Listen, far cry from that Bath I know with their Finn Russell and their RG's name I know, and Henry Arundel spot the odd one out. <laughs> Two really good players and Henry Arundel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, bonus point win for Munster. I mean, I would say, like, Munster by sort of 20-plus, I would assume, especially yeah. especially if it's dry. Like, if, it's, if it ends up being one of those, like, disgustingly wet, like, sloppy games, then... It could be sort of lower. It would still be a bonus point win for Munster, but it could be like a lower one than that. But I do think that this should be a bit of a blowout. I think it could be like an opportunity to 
make a bit of a statement as well. Like Munster are not a team who often sort of do blowout wins, but like if you're ever going to do one at home against a rotated Bayon, is sort of the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like one of the things about this Champions Cup format is that if you get the opportunity to get yourself to the top of a pool early doors by scoring 60 points against Bayon thirds, like you might as well take it. Yeah, like you basically only need to win your home games. And Munster's other home game is against Northampton, which like I don't know how I I should have looked up how Northampton are doing. I didn't think I was gonna I didn't think I was gonna say Northampton. <laughs> I surprised myself there. They're, um, um, they're all right. Northampton are my are my most favourite English team, despite the presence of Courtney Laws. And <laughs> um I, they're they're good all right this year. I'm I'm a bit nervous about them coming to Scotland. And, and like Munster Munster beat them home and away last year. Like it, it shouldn't be an issue. But if you can, if you can take your wins, you know, as in this sort of format, like where you only need to take, you know, probably two wins, then take them and sort of put yourself in as good a position as you can to get your sort of home round. I think they still do a round of sixteen, do they? Get your home yeah. knockout game and go from there because I can't do another season where Munster draw to lose away in the in the knockout stage. It's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Although that being said, Toulouse was my favourite place I went to in France. And if I could do another away trip to, to Toulouse, I would definitely do that. But I think with all the away trips you've squeezed in this year, you could probably manage a couple of days in Toulouse. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather just watch them in Thoman Park. <laughs> as much as I loved Toulouse, I'd rather watch them in Thoman Park. And uh, maybe I'm retired from travelling to go watch rugby matches now. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> Look, that being said, if the final's in South Africa again, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you've you've um, got a record to keep up. I think we've probably done as much sort of pretending to know about Bayon as we could possibly do. Um, Larishella are in ninth in the, in the top 14 at the minute, only one point ahead of Bayon. So either Larishella are shit now or... Bayon are actually really good. Who knows? We'll we'll soon find out, I suppose. (laughs) How we feel about that will very much depend on the the results of the weekend, I would imagine. (laughs) Look, I've always said that Bayon are a quality team and really difficult for any team (laughs) to face and beat. I've always said that. If La Rochelle Rochelle win at the weekend, I think we're all heartily agreed that they're shit now. And anyone who loses to them must be really shit. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Like, they don't even have a coach this weekend. Yeah, exactly. They're ninth in the top 14. They've got no coach. If you lose to them, you must be fucking bobbins. That's all I'm saying. Unless they don't lose, in that case. Yeah, in which case, everything was stacked against them, so it would have been really difficult for them to win anyway. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I really enjoy bashing Leinster with you. It's one of my favourite hobbies. (laughs) Do you know what? It's actually one of mine as well. Johnny, thank you very much for, for joining me for this. I know that it wasn't easy for you to come and, and talk about Glasgow getting their arses handed to them once again, but I appreciate you being such a good sport. I was about to say, I think we did a very good job of being measured and grown up about it until right then. <laughs> when have we ever been measured and grown up about anything? <laughs> no, it's fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody else, for listening. I assume Kaylon will be here next week and he still won't know any Bayon players' names, but you know, I'll tell them all about Luke Morahan, I suppose, in the meantime. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to end these. I've now I've I have done one before where I've been in charge, but like I guess bye. thank you for listening and bye. <laughs> <laughs>